Hi, hello and good evening. Hello online world. This is Off The Record with Migs. And Cheska, and thank you for joining us tonight. This is another Monday night. Hopefully this week is better than last week for everybody. And Migs is counting. I'm sure he's counting how many episodes we've done so far. Yes? Four. Four episodes a season three. <laughs> yes. You know me You know me well enough now. When, when I do those uh, yung mga new ones. Alright, season three. Episode 4, and of course, we are in collaboration with Podcast Network Asia, OTR with Mix and Cheska. And for tonight, um, papasalamat lang kami before we start this episode. Papasalamat lang kami sa Doodle Tea. Medyo naka-virtual background lang ako. Doodle Tea, salamat, Doodle Tea. Oh, good. Thank you so yes. much. Ako, uh, una kong uh, tinikman dito yung Muscovado with a pearl. So maraming salamat. Cheska, anong iniinom mo? I have the chocolate cream cheese. It's so good. Yes, it's so good. Doodle Tea, it's at Makati. Check out their Instagram, Doodle Tea underscore PH. Good evening to everyone. Tirso, sa aming number one fan, Tirso de la Cruz. Maraming maraming salamat to you. And for tonight, Usapang America, Usapang Pilipinas. Pero at the end of the day, Usapang Basketball po tayo. We have a very special guest all the way from the East Coast. Gumising ng maaga para sa atin. Tonight, it is around 7 a.m. sa kanyang orasan ngayon. And uh, we're excited to talk hoops with this author. Uh, he is the author of Basketball, a Love Story. And of course, if you read Pacific Rims, he is Rafe Bartholomew. What's up, Rafe? Welcome to OTR. Good morning or good good evening. Yeah, good morning. Hey, good morning, Lance, for, for me. Uh, great to see you guys. Uh, Chess, great to see you again. Uh, Migs, we, we meet finally. Um, thank you. <laughs> also, thank you, thank you. Doodle tea, Coke Light hey. Flavor. <laughs> Rave, Rave, sana nabasa mo Instagram ko when we all get to meet each other. Drinks are on Cheska and yeah. I. So, for sure, yan, Rave, salamat for waking up early for us. Uh, check. Go ahead. All right, Rave, of course, we know of your love for Philippine basketball. That was how you were introduced to us. And you did such a wonderful job chronicling your journey through Philippine basketball. And I will never forget when I first met you in Mall of Asia Arena. You were here for FIBA Asia and you were watching the games. And you actually told me that the very first <laughs> basketball game that you watched in the Philippines, I was the courtside reporter. And obviously, that was, wow. that was many, yeah. That was crazy. That was many, many, many years ago. <laughs> I, I can elaborate this story because, uh, of oh, course, boy. it was one of, uh, you know, hundreds of, of games that you worked in the course of your career. For me, this was the first basketball game I attended in Manila one week after arriving in the country for the first time. PBL. Yes. Um, I won't. You can mention. I, you tell me if you want to say if you want me to say the year. PBL. Uh, <laughs> happy PCU versus Granny Goose Tortillos. So wow. uh, it was not just Chester yeah. there. Uh, also working courtside, the one and only Gretchen who we all know yeah. from TV Patrol now. Yep. Uh, Sir Seb Sarmenta brought me there. Playing was Jason Castro, Gabby Espinas. Uh, Bo Belga must have been there too. Yep. But I happy remember... PCU. 
I re- right, but I remember the right. biggest man will happen to be, uh, of course, on Granny Goose was J.R. Kenyatta back then. Um, so all of Extra Rice Incorporated was on the floor yeah. just before they got together. It was a, a, a under 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 the radar uh, historic moment, maybe at least in my life. That was your introduction to Philippine basketball. How would you describe what it was like watching that PBL game and? you know, getting a crash course on Philippine basketball and what, seeing it grow into what it is now. <laughs> I have to say I was nervous when I arrived because I had built up a whole research project around this. I got a government grant from the States to to come study the roots of Philippine basketball throughout history and culture. And, and it was, okay, so this was 2005. The internet's not like it like it is today back then. And there was no way to really see the atmosphere in a Ginebra game, in a Ateneo La Salle matchup, in any of the, the big moments of Manila Classico type game. So, so I was hoping to come see the passion that I had read about in some books. And, you know, a, a Wednesday afternoon or no, Tuesday afternoon PBL game is not necessarily the same as Ateneo La Salle or, or Ginebra or, you know, th- those kind of huge moments. So I, I walked into this small gym in Cubao and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I hope, I hope there's more. Um, but uh, it was, no, I, I remember um, walking to that, or to, it was JCO, uh, JCSGO gym in Cubao. Yeah. And, uh, actually getting into a basketball game on the street on my way to the game. And so that was sort of the key. I was like, oh, okay, so this is, I really am experiencing basketball everywhere I look around in the country. Um, And obviously the way that the sport has grown both, uh, I mean, in terms of the the media coverage of it, the the way that the rest of the world now looks upon Philippine basketball as a place or as a, as, as a real fixture within global basketball. That's that's due to the the way the players have, have and the media in the country have have helped grow the game and and really draw attention for how special it is. And now, me, Rafe, I read Pacific Rims around 2012 or 2013. So forgive me if I kind of medium nawala ko sa ilang details. But uh, in the first parts of that book, you mentioned on how you, you you mentioned that you had a government grant, you wanted to go to the Philippines to be immense with the culture. But I want to get to know it more straight up from you. Where did it come from? San ba nanggaling Rafe yung yung interest? And yung gusto mong malaman about the about Philippines and Philippine basketball, and you actually, you know, went here. You immersed in the culture. You had a government grad, etc. Because sanay yung mga Pilipina na in love sa US US basketball, eh. but it's different this time around. An American, full-blooded American, very you know into deep when it comes to Philippine basketball, right? Oh, balitad, no? Uh, yeah. So it's it it was luck, dumb luck almost, um, because I, I'm not someone who uh, you would look at grow, you know, where I grew. I grew up in New York City, um, where there there is a large Filipino population, but it's New York is so big and so mixed that you don't really stop to think too hard about where each and every person you meet is from. Um, I even had a couple of Filipino bas- teammates on my high school basketball team. Still, nobody cared because I had Korean teammates, Black teammates, Jewish teammates, uh, a, a teammate from Algeria. It, it was like 
nobody, it wasn't, it, a lot of the people who come to study in Manila on those grants are Philam because they already have connections to the country. They want to go back and learn more about it. Me, I, I was sort of like every other, I shouldn't say every other dumb, we're not all dumb Americans, but however you want to describe us. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know much about the country. I knew what you could know through a basic education here. So, um, you know, what, uh, Imelda Marcos, uh, and, and maybe I knew who Cory Aquino was, you know, a little bit of, uh, um, colonial history, you knew that, that, that the U.S. had, had, you know, sort of taken over and, and administered a colonial government in the Philippines for 50 years, but that's it, you learn. So you don't, there was no conception of what life in the country was like, uh, you know, for, for people in the current day. Uh, so, for me, I got into it because of one book. Um, a author named Alexander Wolf from Sports Illustrated did a, a book where he goes to uh, 17 different countries and writes about basketball and everyone. And the, the chapter on the Philippines blew my mind. I had never been to the country, didn't know about the connection with basketball. But I was—I had played basketball. I loved the sport growing up. And all of a sudden, I'm reading this book, and it's describing kids, you know, playing basketball in the street, like Machatinelas Lang, and you make your own baskets, you know. And the, the, there was a scene with Jaworski where an entire restaurant sort of comes and gathers around him. And, and all of the, the idea that a country that I had never learned much about in my formal schooling and did not have strong connections to in my, you know, in my family life, uh, that, that there was this in, incredible basketball culture somewhere that I never imagined before. It opened up my eyes and made me want to see it myself and, and learn about it. And was for, I was lucky enough to get that opportunity to come live in the country for three years and continue coming back and eventually write Pacific Rims. When you, sorry, did people think you were absolutely crazy? Yes, all the time. <laughs> all the day, they, they, they bye, bye, oh, you don't have, well, okay, the three questions, so people would meet me and they'd say, oh, so you, you have a girlfriend who brought you here. Oh, yeah. so you are in the, you're in the military. Oh, you, you're a basketball player because I'm six foot three and kind of could have passed back then, even though no, um, you know, but, and I'm like, no, not really. I, I came to, cause I, I want to learn about basketball here in the Philippines. And they'd be like, huh? Like, Ulul? like it just, like, <laughs> uh, and then, and you know, some people would always be, so, okay, you're just CIA. Um, or, <laughs> wow, conspiracy theory, right? <laughs> right. Um, the, the last explanation, the word, basically the worst explanation was the real one, which was that I was inspired by the story. I had, I wanted to learn and, and every day I spent in the country sort of made me believe stronger that I had done the right thing and, and, and had was learning, you know, uh, these, the, 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 just this about this amazing new world for me, at least, um, that it then became a big part of my world. It doesn't, it's not new at all. Right. It's, it's, it became my life too. Um, but yeah, it, people often would say, Oh, this makes no sense. No, you, you you have the NBA. You don't need to come here. Yeah, um, magandang tanong to, no, from uh, Tirso de la Cruz. Ano yung mga unforgettable moments mo uh, when you were writing your book and when you were doing your research? So many. Uh, I mean, so many. I think, uh, so the, the big uh, narrative 
part of the book, of course, is spending uh, the 2007 uh, we, there's Governor's Cup uh, Fiesta Conference with with Alaska. They happened to win that conference, so, so it was a perfect ending for my book. And getting to be inside the locker room with the team, um, I feel like all the unforgettable moments have to do with uh, something, some prank Willie Miller played on me or his teammates every time, like almost every day. And uh, just the, the crazy things you would see. I remember some someone posted on Instagram last, this week um, a video of John Arrigo dunking on wow. dunking on Marlo Aquino. I saw and, that. I saw that. Hoop yes. junkie. Hoop junkie. Yes. Oh, oh God. Hoop junkie is a life lifeline right now. Yeah. Um, hoop junkie. So he. So so that video. It reminded me one time, so I, I, I had my hair very short back then, like basically not bald, but buzzed. And I was traveling with the team going out of town. I think they had a game in Subic and they had a stopover somewhere in Bulacan. Um, and uh, we get, we're getting off using the bathroom and all of, you know, I'm traveling with the team. So the people working at the, at the restaurant, they're all, they think, oh, he must be a player. Um, and then it's all, and then, and then because I guess, you know, I, I, you know, they knew that John Arrigo had played for Alaska before he was, he's, he's Tisoy, so he's light skinned, although not like me, I'm like translucent. Uh, and, and I was sort of roughly the same height and had roughly the same hair. They were like, say Arrigo, Arrigo. And, and, and then, so the rest for a week, the entire basketball team was calling me John Arrigo. Everyone on Alaska, like, John Arrigo, Arrigo. <laughs> I remember, Rave, there are some details in that book that are NSFW when it comes to mga kwentong Willie Miller. I'm not going to say it here, but uh, if you get to read the book Pacific Rims, I was laughing and laughing when you shared some kwentos about uh, Willie Miller. Check, go ahead. Sorry, I just had to put that out. Wait, aside from that, you know, we, we've been talking to Rafe about basketball, but there is something, there was something during his stay here in the Philippines that I, I kind of remember because he got the full celebrity treatment here, right? Uh, people thought he was a basketball player when he was following Alaska around, so people would have their photos taken with him and all of that. But, but wait, there's more. Rafe also came out in a teleserie. This, this is true. This is true. Uh, 2006, I had a role uh, for two, three weeks uh, in Bajeca, the, the GMA teleserie, I guess the first remake back then, uh, the, first, the first modern remake um, starring Sunshine Dizon. I was... The I was one of the fathers of uh, of the, the children. I guess I guess I was uh, I forget the name of the character. I guess my daughter ended up being Lovey Poe, which was very flattering to me. Um, uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, it was, and, and again, so it ties it does tie back into basketball because. That's how I was discovered. I was playing basketball in an open run, and one of my, one of our teammates there, one of the guys in our group, was uh, Cristan, the you know former uh, Santa Lucia player who's married to uh, you know Sherilyn Reyes, and and he's like, hey, um, Rafe, do you want to come out in a teleserie? And I, I didn't. I, I this was maybe six months or eight months into my life in the country. So I'm still very clueless in, in those terms. <laughs> and I'm like, what does that mean, Chris? He's like, oh, don't worry. Just, you, you'll be on TV. Oh 
just come to this this bar in Scout area, you know, in Timog, uh, next, you know, two nights from now. We'll, we'll text you all the details. So I, I'm like, okay. The next day, Rafe, are you okay being in a bed scene? Um, <laughs> I say, what is a bed scene, Chris? <laughs> CT, what's a bed bed scene? Oh, don't worry, just come out. <laughs> so and then, oh well, yeah, there I am. I, I show up. Then some, uh, you know, me, then of course we start to learn what the the, the plot of Bakegang is. That uh, she wants to um, seduce me to have a have a Stiso child who will be a big superstar. I'm like, wow, this is a this is not a very progressive plot. I don't know. And then me and um, one of my our other guys from a group. Uh, Guy named uh, Tuan Clinton, um, actually who, who passed away last year, rest in peace. But um, he was Tuan was the other guy, so of course we had a black American and a white American, and it was it was it was a mess. My acting was terrible, um, and I did get the. But what was amazing, guys, the while I was on the show happened to be the one time in in my life that I got my father to visit me in Manila. So he come he came out and spent like three weeks with me um, right after Typhoon Millennial, actually. And I was still on TV. And so it just happened that during this time, everywhere I, I took him, people are running up to me and being like, Bakegan! <laughs> and then like kids were were coming up to me and being like why are you mean to her you know i once i i recorded uh i and then put and posted some of my my acting on youtube some of it is now so offensive that i i got scared and took it down um but <laughs> Some of the the violence against women, I don't want to be associated with, lest anyone misunderstand. But no, it, it, my father, my father was thinking, "Who are you? What did what, I knew you a year ago, and now you are here? Kids are running up to you, crying, and, and people hugging you in malls. What kind of life are you living?" So that, it was fun to to sort of show him that, and I did get the full teleserie experience, experience in that uh, a month after my first shooting stay asked to call me back, but it was around Christmas and I was visiting my family in the States. And so I was like, I'll come back next week. They said, no, it's okay. Well, we'll just get a couple of land. And so there's some other guy plays me for the last, the last two weeks of the show. Attorney Mickey Inglis, sabi niya, Rafe, mismo na mag countryside barbecue at mag basketball sa Loyola Heights Court. Uh, the new uh, can we say can we say that the new countryside is not quite like the old countryside? But I still visit every time. Uh, well, uh, Rafe, can you talk about talk to us more about the documentary you produced? Who patient, right? For CNN Philippines, how was that experience like? Oh, it's great. Um, but so we we did first uh, with Nat Geo uh, Pinoy Hoops that was 2013, and then. Hoop Nation 2017. They're very similar shows exploring, you know, an a extension of the work in Pacific Rims, exploring the different stories in Philippine basketball, whether they are um, sort of 
people who who've built their lives around the game from say the the, the famous PBA photographer Tony Liu um, mm-hmm. to to some of the very grassroots stories uh, um, so, you know going to we went to Cebu we went you know we got to travel around and and capture really gorgeous photography of you know the the, the homemade courts the barangay ligas the just it, it tries to look from the you know the grassroots level up to the 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 very best players in the country um the 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 connection of of uh, basketball and philippine culture and uh it was great i mean i i i'd love to come back and do it again i i hear that cnn is still airing uh hoop nation series you know season one so maybe when they get tired of that we'll, we'll be we'll be renewed for season two ten you know ten years later um, a lot of a lot of people also obviously uh, when you release Pacific Rims, Filipino basketball fans were absolutely ecstatic. And then you co-authored Basketball: A Love Story, and that was even you got the who's who of basketball to throw in their thoughts. And can you can you talk about since I haven't gotten to speak with you about this book yet? Can you talk about the process of getting that book to, uh, made and what it took for you to gather all these people to give you their thoughts on basketball? Yeah, it was I mean it was a dream project and something that I got um sort of recruited into and was very lucky for. Um so it began, you know, it, it there's also a basketball love story, the documentary that ESPN did, which is mm-hmm. tw- almost a 20-hour documentary. So if you I don't know what is longer, 20-hour documentary or or 500-page basketball book. <laughs> but they um so it began as the documentary that the director and our co-author uh Dan Clores um, who's, who's done some other um, 30 for 30s, did uh, Reggie Miller 30 for 30. So he's a, he was a well-known uh, basketball documentary director. Um, he had already started gathering this incredible, uh, you know, group of interviews on film with all of the these biggest names in basketball history. He started, he, he already had Bill Russell and, you know, Oscar Robertson and all the way through, you know, through LeBron James and, and yes, Charles Barkley, you almost, you name it. The biggest ones missing of course are, um, are Michael Jordan because um, we couldn't say this at the time, but he was working on the last dance. So he was saving all of his, yeah. his material <laughs> there. Um, and uh, I think the other, the other biggest regrets I think for us all were not having, um, Coach Pop or Tim Duncan, but of course, go Spurs, go. That's just the way they are. You're, you're, you, they don't let anyone inside the family like that. But ever, I mean, the, the over 170 interviews with these amazing basketball sources, and they asked myself and Jackie McMullen, you know, who's on ESPN, another you know mm-hmm. great wrote, wrote books with Shaq, wrote books with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Um, really uh, someone I look up to in, in sports writing history. They asked us to go through all of the transcripts of these interviews and try and find the very best, most powerful material and turn it into a book about the, the you know, it's trying to tell roughly, not, not every aspect, but sort of the rough history of basketball. Um, and it, I, I, the, the way it felt was, like they dropped, the, I, we were given access to the the Dead Sea Scrolls of of the sport, and said, "Pull out, you know, pull out the the holiest material and share it with the rest of the basketball world." It was an incredible honor, and something that we took really seriously because it's precious. It's not you you don't 
it's there may never be another um, project that gathers interviews with that same giant group of people mm -hmm. from, and some of them passed away shortly after their interviews. So Moses Malone, Jack Ramsey, these were some of the last long form interviews they did about their looking back on their careers. So it was it was really a special honor to be able to work with that and, and uh, I, uh, the project of a lifetime in many ways. Uh, Rafe, if you remember Katan, the one-armed bamba, she's watching right now. Speaking <laughs> of Food Nation, I'm so honored to be part of that series. Hi, Rafe. Yeah, she's Cat. I, I see you blowing up. That's why I, I won't. I won't embarrass you, but I see you blowing up all the time now. Congrats, <laughs> yep. and you you deserve every bit of it. Yep, uh, Hi, especially with her content on the TikTok, mm -hmm. inspiring women, of course. Uh, uh, of course, yeah, si Katan, as always, lagi naman. Uh, Rafe, um, you, I, I don't know for the ones who are watching now, and now that I get to speak to you live, it seems like mas alam mo pa yung Maynila. Mas alam mo pa yung NCR Plus kaysa sa karamihan ng mga Pilipino. It's like, you know, it's back of your hand. Scout area, Green Hills, Bulacan, right? Um, how many years in total you spent in the Philippines? So, yes. Ah, oh, God, man. I, so, as I said, another early moment for me it reminds me of Pakekang. Uh, I, <laughs> I took a friend to Wawawi uh, in, I guess, 2006. And of course, you know, they see a foreigner, you know, dancing and, and knowing something about the show immediately. It was like, um, and so, yeah. So we ask, where did I stay? I always stayed in the same place. And I said, I shouted it out that one time in Wawa Wee. Uh, you know, I was like, and I, my, my Tagalog was very beginner back then. I was like, ako si Rafael bigatin ng katipunan. Um, and... <laughs> And they and and for there are still tricycle drivers in in Katipunan area who call me. They still call me Wow Wow Wee because they were the guys were so excited in the neighborhood because everyone's watching. Wow, that guy just said you know. So every they, they, they every I still walk around and people are like Wow Wow Wee. Anyway, so every so when I lived first I first moved to the country in two thousand five um, and stayed more or less straight until the end of 2008, so about three and a half years. Um, and then after that, I've always tried to come back at least uh, once a year and have been really fortunate and lucky in doing it, uh, being pretty consistent with that. Um, I, I, spent at, I would spend anywhere from two weeks to a month, one time when we were working on um, Hoop Nation, I got to stay for six months, uh, what, at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, beginning of uh, administration. Um, and then, um, so so in any case, I, I think over the, until 2020, I, I had it in my head that over the, the previous like 11 years, I had spent, uh, like five overall, like five in the Philippines, uh, mostly in Manila. And the reason I, I, I think I know the my way around a lot is because, in some ways, and it's a it, it makes for a very unusual experience to, of living in the Philippines for for anyone you know obviously who's from there, or even Philams who come back and visit. And that I have no family in the country. I always lived alone or with just one uh, American student, like like roommate for for a few years. So I I had to figure out my own way around. I had to 
uh, travel, you know, everywhere on my own. And I commuted. I took, you know, the first started by learning the, you know, the MRT and the LRT, then slowly began to figure out how to ride jeepneys and buses and, and not go 10 miles past where I was trying, kilometers past where I'm trying to get. Um, and doing that really, I got to do all the things uh, foreigners or philams are told not to do by their families, you know, or by their guidebooks. Um, got to go to all the places that people, not all, but places that people would say, don't ever go there. It's dangerous. That aren't really that dangerous. Uh, and by doing so, uh, I think it really, you know, it gave me, it helped me as a writer. It helped me understand more of the culture and, and see more basketball than I would have if I was just uh, taking taxis or, or grabs back and forth to Araneta and Moa and places to, to see PBA games. And it, it also, it, I, hey, it's also a great workout. Try it once. <laughs> commuting, <laughs> commuting in Manila is, is the best uh, weight loss plan I've ever been on. <laughs> We have a question from Julia and Lapid. Which is more challenging for you, hmm. acting or being in documentaries? Keep safe, Rafe. Thank you, Julian. Uh, well, my experience as an actor <laughs> is so bad. My acting was so bad <laughs> that uh, there's no comparison. Uh, it is, uh, the, and part I was just unprepared. And I'm not a natural on cam. Like I can't, especially when I feel like I am on cam, then it, I start getting awkward very fast and, and look so unnatural. And, I, and that was what happened in Paquetan because it's also, it, it, when you show up as the foreign dude for who's going to be in five minutes of the tel teleserie, they don't really spend a whole lot. Direct does not come over and say like, okay, Rafe, here's what we need you to do. You know, they, they just give you these lines and say, this is what you're going to say. They give you a, you know, your tray of, of, you know, adobong pusit and say, you know, don't talk to sunshine. We'll, we, we'll let you know when you go on. Um, and so <laughs> it's like, um, so, so I was not very prepared and I'm just there like a deer in the headlights and the, you know, the direct is like, react, 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 screaming. And I'm like, what are these? So I'm, I'm going through like every face I can try to, to just make it seem like I'm, I'm being emotional in some way, just changing my breath. <laughs> and you know, in in teleseries, they have those long pauses, the slow mos, where it's like I'm supposed to look at her and be, Ugh! and but but in the moment, trying to act that, I, I have so much respect for real actors and actresses because for me, I'm, this it feels like like two hours, twenty seconds feels like two hours of trying to make the same face and hold it and and not break. In any case, my acting is terrible. My being the presenter in documentaries is a little easier because of the team that we worked with, um, with Ninja Dog Productions. Um, uh, it was all entirely, one thing I was proud of and, and would like to mention is that both, um, you know, Pinoy Hoops and Hoop Nation were entirely local programs and productions, except for myself, of course. But like the, it, sometimes you see a, a, a doc crew will come in and they'll be, you know, mostly a uh, cinematographer from the UK and whatever. That's all fine. But it was nice that uh, everyone involved was, was, you know, was local. It was a completely um, in-house production. And I was just sort of like the dude who they brought or carried around with them. Uh, but so one thing that they did that made those shows work, they were very good at, 
creating scenarios where I will I could kind of ignore the cameras, pretend they're not there, pretend almost like I'm not doing something for the camera. The interviews, the one-on-ones that were set up so that I'm more focused on the interaction I'm having with the person, with the subjects, or playing basketball somewhere than uh, you know, then trying to give a spiel direct to the camera because whenever they had me try and do that, then it would fall apart right away. As soon as I start to say, I am Rave Bartholomew, it would just be, a, you know, everyone's just like, wag, wag, wag. Ito, sabi ni Endo BPO coach, Paeng, Tito Paeng, all right? I know that has a story on yeah. how you had a spin-off to your name. And uh, I'll ask this na rin, no? Ah, this, okay, I'll ask that first. Where did Paeng come from? How was that origin like? And you ran away with it. I, well, my full my full given name is Rafael, um, spelled P-H, so R-A-P-H-A-E-L. I'm actually named after my great-grandfather, who is uh, Irish. So because of the way they pronounce it, it's they, they would say Raphael. And that's how I got shortened to Rafe. Um, when I moved to Manila, of course, uh, I would introduce myself at first to people as Rafe, but, you know, some people w- weren't, didn't like it. You know, they say, Rafe, I don't, that, that's, I don't like that name. No. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so I got used to instead, it was just easier if I was meeting someone for the first time saying my, you know, oh, I'm Rafael. So, oh, Rafael. Although that was confusing sometimes too, because then uh, I remember I would set up I think it was the PBA all-time great, you know, top 25 and top 40, Philip Cesar. I'm texting him to set up an interview for Pacific Rims. I'm like, hi, sir. My name is Rafael Bartholomew. I got your number from uh, Sir Seb Sarmenta. Can, you know, I'm working on a book. Can we meet? And he's like, oh, sure. You know, great. You know, very generous. I go to his house in, you know, in, what, he was in San Juan, no? Um, um, and... You know, he's like, oh, you know, Americano Pala, because my name, like Rafael Bartholomew, looks almost like a, a Americanized Filipino name. So he was like, I thought people would start to think I'm Philam because of my last name. Anyway, um, Paeng and Rafael came uh, from Alaska, of course. Um, they're asking me, hey, what's your name? What's up with your name? Why is it Rafe? Uh, and, I, and I told I told the guys, oh well, Rafael. Like, oh, Rafael, paeng. And then and then of course it took about thirty seconds to go from uh, paeng to Tito paeng to Cho paeng, um, which you know um, the, the the boys at Alaska made made great fun of. That's and, your handle. <laughs> yeah, now it, it is immortalized on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. May tanong dito si Endo. Uh, Rafe, what are your thoughts on Kai Soto's ano, G League escapades, as he would ask it? Uh, well, I don't know. It's, it, I mean, it's hard to look at how that has played out and not be disappointed a little bit. Just that he, Kai has had to go back and forth so much. And, and obviously, it's not all his fault. Not his, I don't think any of it is really his fault. But the there was some bad luck there when he was planning to go back for Gilas, and then you know the then FIBA ended up not having the the qualifiers then, and then he had to go back to the states, but he couldn't rejoin Ignite uh, in the G League. Cyan, no, um, I think it's it, well, look. It, I think from a bigger picture, it 
is going, it is so hard. And I've thought this for a long time and we've seen it with Kai and with the other players who tried before him to make that leap, whether it was, you know, Kobe or, um, you know, Ray Parks, they, the, the country, because, you know, because basketball means so much in the Philippines, um, because Filipinos are following every step of the journey for these players who have that legitimate shot to be the first, um, you know, uh, born and raised, homegrown, uh, you know, Pinoy basketball player in the NBA. There's there's so much pressure, and they're pulled in so many different directions, and it I think it makes it makes it even harder that even even if it's going to be it's going to take more than someone with just NBA body and NBA talent is going to take some incredible special person who gets all the right breaks and and is able to sort of navigate all of the forces pulling in different ways against him it's it's going to be it's it makes it's really really difficult um and for kai uh, it's hard to say on some level the nba if you're good enough they will find you right i think the bigger so so i know there's a lot of attention paid to how the the g league situation fell apart basically and now he's he's training in cincinnati uh I think the bigger obstacle, unfortunately, for Kai is a timing one, just in that he somehow the first, you know, athletic, good hands, good touch, good feel for the game, um, you know, Filipino player who's seven foot two, seven foot three, was born in an era that the NBA basketball was running away from the big man like that. And, it, you know, I think that it's, it's crazy. You think about if, if, if Kai was coming around in the 1990s when, you know, when teams were looking at, at hiring Johnny Abarientos, uh, you know, he it would be like he, a, a seven footer as good as Kai is would walk straight into the NBA maybe back then. Now it's a, he's, it's a much higher hill to climb. And, you know, I think that, it could still – let's see how it happens. If they see – if he has workouts that impress teams, they could still say, well, G League didn't work out, but we'll try him anyway. He may have to play his way in through the the, 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 G, the G League um, again, right, uh, the same way that, that, that Ray tried to do. Um, and if not, I don't think it's – you know, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. He will have a great career both, you know, internationally in the Philippines for Gilas um, no matter what. Uh, it's, it's, you, you just got, you just, I, I support, I, I support the, him taking this chance and hope that it makes him a better basketball player in the long term, wherever he ends up. All right, Rafe, I wish we had more time, but you know, <laughs> unfortunately we don't, but Sorry, we you go, <laughs> no, we love it. But of course, before we let you go, I mean, we got your love letter to Philippine basketball and Pacific Rims. We got your, you know, love letter to the the entire world of basketball and basketball a love story and then you have another book that people get a glimpse of your life with your dad in two and two mcsorley's my dad and me um what was obviously what what can we possibly find in this book that will attach us even more to you because all your other books are basketball and now we get a glimpse into your life with your family yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I that that was my second book, um, and it's about uh, this bar called Maxorley's in New York City, where um, my father worked. I think I think now because of COVID, he's officially retired. But he had um, forty eight years working at the same bar, 
And uh, I grew up there. He would bring me there as a kid. It's a it's the oldest bar in New York City. By I mean, there are other places that make their own claim. It's pretty. It, it has it has one of the legitimate claims. Open since 1854. Um, and old Irish bar. They only serve light light ale and dark ale, and water and soda, and <laughs> a little bit of sandwiches. Um, everything looks like it's still from the 1800s. And uh, I grew up there, got to work there as an adult. That's actually how, part of how I helped pay for staying um, in Manila some of those years was I would work at the bar, make as much money as I could and, you know, come back and, and, and see how long I could live off that after, after my first year that was funded by the government. Um, so, um, but in any case, my, my dad, it, it's, a, it's an amazing place. Um, my dad had this incredible career there himself where, you know, generations of people know have, have know him and people will introduce themselves to me and say, my dad, he gave, he, you know, he served my first beer when I, when I turned of age and, you know, <laughs> when I was 19 or 21 in the States. And um, it was, you know, it was, a, I think the one thing that I've been really lucky with all the books I've worked on there, they've all been super personal really things that I feel as strongly about as anything in the world, whether it was, you know, Pacific Rims that became this, this love letter to basketball. And of course, and more, even more so in my eyes, you know, to, to the Philippines and overall because of the journey I had there and, and sort of in the, in a span of five years going from someone who I could, you know, I would call it a dumb American to um, someone who, you know, felt, very much at like I had a second home, um, and um, and then basketball love story. Clearly, I, you know I played the game my whole life to be able to to write about it and put together that kind of oral history um, that that's so almost not quite definitive, but tells such a deep story of of the love of the game that is right inside my heart. And then the other side is that my, my family, my dad's career, um, my you know my mother is in there and and what she meant in our lives um, and. Uh, just to be able to to honor, you know, you, not too many people get to 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 honor their parents, their father, their their mother, you know, their families in the form of a book that actually comes out and you can say, you know, tai ito, you know, para sa um, and it's it's um, it's it was just a special thing. I'm really really proud that I got to do it, and and it is this other side of my life that um, if anyone is interested in. Um, you can certainly check it out. And when when we're all traveling again, and if you ever get to New York, McSorley's will be there. It's a good chance. My Even if we're not working, me or my dad will be there. Um, there are pictures of us on the walls. And, um, you know, they will, they will treat you very well if you show up there. Well, if only I knew I went to New York in 2019. If I only knew I would have <laughs> gone to McSorley's. That is a uh, Lower East Side. Tamaba Rafe, Lower East Side. Basically. East Village, East Village, 15 East, Village. East 7th. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, but yeah, right next to Lower East Side, um, next, next to St. Mark's uh, Place for, for people who've mm. been over there. All right. So, Rafe, maraming, maraming salamat, pare, uh, for joining us here in OTR with Migs and Cheska. Thanks for waking up early uh, for Thank us. You. Know, you're in the East Side right now, and we really do appreciate it uh, making time for us. Lastly, Rafe. Um, saan pa ba mahanap ng mga Filipinos? Where can they buy your work? And also, ano, uh, 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 a follow-up question on that is like, kung wala mang COVID, are you gonna go back to the Philippines? Do you have more work to do? 
uh, of course, when this dust settles. Right. So um, Pacific Rims, especially, uh, I'm I, and I'm really flattered and and honored to see this. Every time I've been uh, back to Manila last in 2019, um, I've seen the book in in national bookstores not in every not in every branch but usually the larger branches uh you know the big one Cubao, um you know so yeah what is that i don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not familiar with that body. um <laughs> sm Yes. Yeah, well, you see yeah. the big any large uh, any, any large um, national bookstore has a good chance they'll order also if you you might have to request especially outside of Metro Manila and the NCR region um, often you have to ask them to place an order uh, depend you know Amazon can send I don't know what the shipping issues are like now from if they've improved over the years actually have what I don't know parang Amazon sa sa Pilipinas okay ba more Lazada ngayon eh Lazada, Lazada. shopping in e-commerce here yeah, yeah I will have to check that out it's worth looking there um in any case you can still find Pacific Rims um you and and Online, I think you can order two and two. Basketball Love Story is probably the easiest of them to find. Uh, if you reach out, also, you know, find me if you need me. You know, you know, whether Chopa Eng or sorry, that's my that's my Instagram handle. Um, um, <laughs> or it's Tio Paeng on Instagram. T Y I Y O Paeng. T Y Y O. Instagram or uh, or, or Twitter uh, or Rafe Boogs. Um, I can often help find a book, or yes, uh, when I come back, I'll bring you a book. I, I'm 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 crazy like that. Um, so yeah, I, I will help locate books if anyone uh, if anyone needs. And I'm also it's fine if anyone wants to share a book, find it at a library, copy a book. Uh, uh, you know, shout out Intermax. Um, you know, <laughs> you can it, all that is fine. I, I, if people are consuming the work, it means a lot to me. Um, and yeah, look, I I. I make it a goal in good times to return to, you know, to spend at least two weeks out of every year in the Philippines. And, and I've, uh, I was very successful in that until, you know, COVID happened. So, um, you know, miss going Filipinas so much. Sobra. I, I want to come back. I want to, but obviously I want it to be safe. I want it to be, I mean, for everyone. Right. And I, I'm just rooting for the country to, to, pull out of uh, you know everything uh, out of the situation and 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 hopefully you know vaccines will be able to speed up hopefully honestly you know the united states is doing a great job of vaccinating vaccinating the population here and i think we should help the rest of the world uh, catch up faster because um nobody i, I you know i would it just the otherwise it's going to be dangerous in terms of variants and also just so people can get around again um but yes, when it's allowable, when I complete, I will absolutely be back uh, visiting. You know, my friends, um, you know, godchildren, uh, lots of people who are really close to me in the Philippines, and, and hopefully continuing to write about or host shows about or just engage with the country professionally because that has been the most satisfying and important work of my career. So um, I'll absolutely be back, and uh, we'll be able to do this in person. No, Thank I can't you wait. so much for joining us, Rafe. And can't hopefully wait. we get to spend time with you when you finally come back to the Philippines. Drinks are on us. 
<laughs> yep. Light thank beers you. and uh, everything. Rafe Bartholomew, thank you so much. All right, Rafe. Paeng. Guys. Maraming salamat. Parekoy for joining us here and off the record. Thank you, Rafe. Uh, till till the next. Till the next. Oh, game. Grabe, no? The connection of sports and basketball. Yeah. Ikano malayan check na 55 minutes na para po sa mga nanonood ngayon. Actually, kami ni Rafe, we were supposed to do a vlog right before COVID happened when he was here still in the Philippines. You know, just a page out of his book or his playbook to go around in Manila courts and play with Filipinos. Pero sadly, that did not happen. So Rafe, sana in the future magawa natin yun. Cheska, I had fun with Rafe. That that was an awesome episode. You know, I his passion for Philippine basketball is so infectious. So I really do love talking to Rafe. And I... I I think we all appreciate his genuine love for Philippine basketball, and that's why we appreciate him. So hopefully we get to have him on the show again, and hopefully we see him in the Philippines again when it's safe to travel. Uh, we have to say thank you to everyone who joined us on the show tonight. Endo, thank you for all your questions. Lemuel is watching. Hi, Lem. Hi, Lem. <laughs> oh, Dean, uh, we weren't able to read this comment for Rafe a while ago. 39 years old in a few days and still looking fine, Uncle Rafe. Oh, my. So, yes, advanced sir. happy birthday to Rafe as well. Tirso, thank you so much for always watching the show. Uh, Migs, I hope your wife had an amazing birthday. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Yes, we had a good <laughs> birthday at home. Dami namin kinain. Marami pang tirasarif, kaya kakainin pa namin yan. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for that greeting. And of course, para po sa mga ka-OTR natin, kung meron pang mga nanonood, kung meron kayo mga gusto mga guests, comment nyo lang dito or message nyo kami ni Cheska. Uh, sa aming mga Facebook pages or Instagram pages and we will take note kung ano po ang mga gusto ninyong mga, kung sino pong gusto ninyong mga guests Doodle Tea, sorry naka virtual background thank you so Doodle much, tea. so good thank you, thank you Doodle Tea Doodle Tea underscore PH on Instagram alright, so time is up the buzzer has sounded so this has been Off the Record with Migs and Chaska and we will see you in the next, in the next episode, episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>